Good evening, and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program, sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own Heritage of Faith. Hello, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program with our host, Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah, and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage. And tonight, if you want to be part of our conversation or if you would like prayer, you can give us a call, as usual, during our program at 929-333-3739. Pastor Matt, let's jump right in tonight. So we're in the midst of Romans 9, 10, and 11, and these scriptures focus heavily on God's plan for the Jewish people. Well, something happened this week in Washington, D.C. that really shocked a lot of people, including me. Yeah, there was a hearing, a congressional hearing, and Elise Stefanik, a New York congressman, was questioning the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and UPenn, and asked the question over and over again, basically asking them, is calling for the genocide of the Jewish people, does that qualify according to the the standards and practices of these schools, does that qualify as bullying and harassment? Yeah. And they couldn't answer and say, yes, that's harassment if you call for the death of a whole ethnic group of people, which is unbelievable. The Supreme Court has ruled you cannot threaten someone with death. Mm -hmm. That's not free speech. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what does this show? Well, it shows the underbelly, I think, the dark side of what's really going on on these college campuses. You know, uh, it's not necessarily just a bunch of 18-year-old, 19-year-old students protesting something that they don't understand. It's the professors and even the presidents who feel this way. Yeah, they were really exposed. Yeah. And they were found out by their answers because what it shows is that there is a deep blindness Mm -hmm. and there is a dark hatred toward the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Because if you were to replace black people with Jewish people, replace Muslim people with Jewish people, Mm -hmm. replace women with, I mean. In that question. Yeah, in that question. Of course they would say, yes, that's bullying and harassment. Mm -hmm. But because it's Jewish people, it just shows how deep. In the highest levels of our most elite educational institutions, mm-hmm. how deep is their hatred for the Jewish people? Mm-hmm. And it shows an appeasement of a demonic agenda. Yeah. I mean, this is a demonic agenda yeah. to, to see the Jewish people wiped out. This yeah. is the devil's plan. Yeah. <laughs> it was so surprising to me to hear that some of them, they were answering that it was it depended on the context. Is is calling for the genocide of Jewish people considered harassment? They would say, well, it depends on the context. And I and I just want to know from them. I would like to hear from their mouths. What in what context is it okay to call for genocide of anybody? So I don't think that we got that answer. But it was really shocking when they would say it depends on the context. Well, Micah Haman is among us. Yeah. The the same spirit of hatred toward Jewish people that was in Persia. In the days of Esther, mm-hmm. the queen is among us here, and it's protesting on our college campuses, and young people have such a biblical illiteracy. They mm-hmm. don't understand what 
what God's plan of salvation yep. mm-hmm. and and his future plan for the world. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to get into yes. in God's word, yep. that God does have a plan for Israel. Israel will be saved. They will not be annihilated, even though that's what the devil wants of them. Dear friends, so we're glad to have you here tonight, and we're blessed to have on our program this evening, Micah, our faithful brother Suresh of many years, our brother like no other from the island of Trinidad. And Suresh, we're only sad that you're going back down there soon, but good to have you back with us tonight. Amen, brother. Good to be here. Thank you. And then your sidekick this evening is a good friend of yours and mine, my soccer buddy, brother Jamie. Football. <laughs> Put your boots on. That's right. And let's play some football. Okay, Jamie, nice to have you back with us on the Heritage of Faith program. Thank you. Yeah, and we're going to look this evening, dear friends, at a very simple question, but it's a profound question, and it goes into Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 24. We will read this passage tonight, and we will talk about, is God fair? Remember the theme of Romans is the gospel of the righteousness of God. Well, is God righteous? Is God merciful? And is God fair in his righteousness and in his mercy? And that's what we, we will see tonight as we get into the one of the premier passages in the Bible that some who we would call hyper-Calvinists want to use this passage of Scripture to teach that God actually creates people so that he can send them to hell. Mm. And dear friends, the Bible teaches nothing of the sort. God is a God of mercy, and he is righteous. But yet, so we will look at this tonight. So let's read Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 24. But first, we have to give a shout out to our dear sister, Dr. Esther Hahn, who is not in the studio with us tonight. She is in... Iceland. Iceland. So enjoy yes. that nice cold weather and stay out of the ice. Because <laughs> I did an illustration of Sir Ernest Shackleton today yeah. on his ship, the Endurance, and they got stuck in yes. the ice. <laughs> and once you get stuck, you ain't getting out, man. Yeah, okay. but Esther did say she's listening to our program. Okay, tonight, well, that's so. good. Hopefully yeah. in the warm confines of her hotel. Okay, so Micah, let's read Romans chapter 9. And actually, Suresh is going to start us off at verse number 14 this evening. Okay, so let's read. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? It's a question. God forbid. For he said unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that sheweth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for the same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might shew thee power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel of honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. 
Well, let's pray this evening. Brother Suresh. Yes, sir. Thank you, O God, for your word. Lord, you said you, you will show compassion on whom you will mm-hmm. choose to show compassion, O God. And you show compassion on us here in the radio station on the, the call screeners. Lord, we just pray that your word will go forth with authority. It will not, it will accomplish whatever it pleases. Mm. So bless us now as we discuss and, and pastor will explain these words to us even through the airwaves in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So dear friends, we want to ask this question tonight. Is God fair? And let me ask you, do you believe that God is fair? And has he treated you fairly in your own life? And maybe you're, you feel a bit angry or maybe there's some bitterness in your heart toward God and you wonder whether he has treated someone else with more love than, than you. And if you have any kind of sense that God has not dealt with you in a righteous or merciful fashion, then we'd love to pray with you tonight. And we have wonderful call screeners, including my dear wife and another sister from our church. So give us a call at 929-333-3739. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you just don't feel and believe in your soul that God has dealt kindly with you. Or maybe you even have the sense when we talk about election, you don't understand election, mm-hmm. and you even wonder, has God chosen me to go to hell? Mm-hmm. Or will has will, will God not elect and choose me even though I pray and call upon him over and over again? Dear friends, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord who died on the cross and rose again, then you can rest assured that you're chosen <laughs> because you you were you were saved by grace through faith. But a lot of people do have this idea, Micah, yeah. mm-hmm. and they feel sometimes confounded and mystified and and discouraged and in despair, thinking, "Oh no, I'm not the elect." Mm-hmm. And um, or so, some even think, "Oh, I've committed the unpardonable sin, and I can never be forgiven mm-hmm. of that." Hey, listen, if you are in this kind of a place in your spiritual life, and we can pray with you, give us a call right now at nine two nine. Three 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 seven three nine. Or if you just have a question or you want to comment this evening about election, we would love to hear from you. So, Suresh, what we want to do this evening as we get into Romans chapter 9, verses 14 through 24, is kind of like start at the end where it says in verse number 24, where Paul kind of brings it to this, this section to a conclusion, and he's talking about how there are vessels of mercy that have been shown the riches of God's grace, the riches of of his glory. And then he says, even us, in other words, that even to us, God has made us his vessels of mercy. God has shown to us the riches of his grace and his glory. And so I thought it might be good just to share how has God shown you his grace and his salvation to share a testimony of that. Amen. Amen. I will. And and you know, Pastor, I will um, say that God chooses whom He please, mm. and I believe in God's election. And I could, uh, I could, I could probably say in uh, Ephesians chapter one and verse four, it released, it re- it really said, and it said to me, I'll take it personally. According, it says, according as He chosen us in Him. So I'm going to read us this, as He chosen me in Him mm. before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. So I know that Christ at this Christmas season. Christ became flesh. Mm-hmm. In John 1, it says that. J- Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. Why he, wh- why he came? He's God. He didn't want to come. But why he came? He came because he loved us. Mm-hmm. 
He loved yeah. me. I take it personally again. He loved me. So he died for me. Amen. And yeah. um, um, salvation, I receive salvation through Christ. Salvation is a free gift. I just went there and received that gift. Because he offered me that gift, I did not refuse it. Like I said, I believe in God's election. So yeah. I am saved through his grace, which I did not deserve. But because of his grace, again, I will, I will say that again, I am saved. And I know I am heaven bound. I mm-hmm. have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's guaranteed from God's word. Amen. Yeah, and as that verse says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. We, yes, sir. He was there, we weren't. And God, in God's mind, he knows the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So he knows who, at the, from the foundation of the world, who will be saved at the end of the world. That's true, or else yeah. he wouldn't be God. Mm-hmm. He knows everything. Mm-hmm. But what you said something there, very important, Suresh, for all of us and for our listeners, is that we have to embrace his word by faith and then put ourselves in the middle of God's plan there yes, and sir. say, I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, because we also call upon, and the Bible says, whosoever yes. will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if you're one of those whosoever's that call upon the name of the Lord, you can rest assured that you were called from the foundation of the world, dear friends. So let's look tonight at this matter of God's fairness. Is God fair in showing mercy to whom he will? Is God fair in hardening? Because this passage talks about his hardening of Pharaoh. We're going to talk about the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. And is God fair in molding vessels for his own glory? So let's look at this this evening. And so we're going to begin there in verse number 14 of Brother Suresh. And Romans 9 And verse number 14, just to look at it again, he says, is there unrighteousness with God? Or let me rephrase it and say, Paul's really saying, is God unfair? Is God unjust? Is God wrong in showing mercy and choosing Jacob over Esau? So is there unrighteousness with God? The answer is unequivocally no. Mm -hmm. No, not ever. Because God's, uh, in the King James Version, God's, forbid God's name is not in the original language it is transferred more than this mm-hmm. and a thousand times no <laughs> yeah so in other words God forbid the, the name God the word God is not actually yeah. in the original language mm-hmm. but it, it's such a strongly stated a, a phrase that the translators put in God forbid it's mm-hmm. like no no way <laughs> yeah. That's it's right. impossible right God is both Absolutely righteous mm-hmm. and also rich in mercy. Amen. There cannot be an unrighteous or unrighteousness in him. Mm-hmm. And there are two verses that, that may emphasize God's righteousness. And it's it's in it's found in in Psalm nine, seven and verse nine. For the righteous God try the hearts and the reins. It it even backs it up in in um it's another book of Psalm Psalm 48 and verse 10, it says, According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Yes. Yes, his, his, his hand is full of righteousness. And I jot down something here, Pastor. Let me just read real quick. God is abs- absolutely sovereign. And that word sovereign speaks volumes. He is absolutely sovereign. 
He can do whatever he pleases, Mm -hmm. no questions asked. By saving someone, this is very important, by saving someone, he demonstrates his mercy towards them. His mercy is extended to all, even the most wicked. Mm-hmm. So, so by saying, but by saying that we know God is a merciful God, and you could call upon Him anytime in prayer, if even if even you're in castration and you get down on your knees, or you you know you're right there, call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. The, the Bible says, "Whosoever, whosoever." Mm-hmm. That means the criminal in the, you know, mm-hmm. could call upon the name of the Lord this minute. Amen. Will be A- saved. Amen. Yeah. Micah, could you add to this? Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about this last week. So just a quick review of what we said was that God is outside of time, as you mentioned earlier, and he saw into Esau's heart, but he saw into Esau's future as well, and even the actions and behavior of his descendants. So Esau, we said, started with a man who scripture says despised his birthright, including all the promises that God had given to his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. So he was a man who he married foreign women at the consternation of his parents and a man who almost killed his brother Jacob. So as we look over the course of history, Esau's future generations, the Edomites, they chose to be adversaries of Israel every step of the way, even cheering on the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple by the Babylonians. And ultimately, Herod the Great and his son, Herod Antipas, they were both Esau's descendants, and they played a major role in the murder of Jesus Christ. So, no, God is not unfair in choosing Jacob, because Esau and his descendants, they actually rejected God. Hmm. Yeah. And if God is not righteous, then the Bible is a complete deception, Mm -hmm. because Jesus is the righteous one. He is without any sin. He is absolute righteousness. And I love even in Revelation 19, when heaven opens and he comes back on a white horse, he that sat upon that horse is called faithful Mm -hmm. and true. Mm -hmm. And in righteousness, he doth judge Mm -hmm. and make war. That's Revelation 19. First Corinthians chapter 1. Jesus Christ is made unto us wisdom Mm. and righteousness. Mm -hmm. And the whole book of Romans is about the gospel being the revelation Mm. of the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. And and so Paul is defending the character of God Mm -hmm. in this passage. And so, Jamie, as as we go from this, on the other hand, we can say, yes, God is righteous. But if God was only righteous or only fair and just and showed no mercy, showed no grace or love, just stern, righteous judgment, what would we all get? Well. (laughs) (laughs) Can you elaborate on that a little bit, brother? (laughs) That's a pretty strong statement. Well, you know, we've all sinned against God. Mm -hmm. And we all, um, you know, if he's completely fair and didn't show his grace, you know, we'd all go to hell. We deserve it. You know, we've all sinned against God. But he he did give us Jesus Christ. He gave us a way out, for, you know, eternal life. If we meet his conditions to believe Jesus, Amen. he paid for our sin. He paid for every sin that you've done. Mm-hmm. So you just have to believe in Jesus Christ that he's the only way of salvation, the only way to get to heaven. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Because because God is righteous, he does demand a penalty 
for sin and the penalty must be paid. Mm. But because God is merciful, as you well said, Mm. Jesus paid the penalty in full. Dear friends, do you understand the righteousness of God and the mercy of God? If we can pray with you, if you're not saved, if you need to call on the Lord tonight, wherever you are, maybe you're in your kitchen, maybe you're in the car, maybe you're at work, maybe you're in the prison, give us a call at 929-333-3739. Yeah, and, uh, oh, Jamie, what did you want to add? Well, I just wanted to add something. So some people, you know, they think, you know, going to hell isn't that bad. You know, they think they're Mm going to be going to the bar, hanging out with their friends, having fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, what are they going to drink, you know, to cool their tongue, like a molten hot lava or something? You know, they have no idea. You know, we all deserve to go. There's a place of gnashing the teeth, out of darkness, right? Complete separation Mm. from God. You just don't want to go there. Yeah. Amen. That's right, dear friends. Yeah, and, you know, Pastor, as you ask this question, you know, is God fair? I thought about the fact that, you know, how how long has mankind sort of been asking this question and... A lot of people believe that the very first book of the Bible that was ever written was the book of Job, and they asked this question in the book of Job. Um, and as we read through that book, you know, we see that Job's three friends, they get the answer to the question wrong. They, they essentially say that Job um, had all his afflictions as a direct punishment for what must have been his grievous sin, and then Job himself doesn't get the answer quite right either. And none of them understand the point that Jamie just made, that if God really was in the business of doling out punishment directly in relation to our sin, then we would all be in a world of hurt. Um, but there is this fifth character toward the end of the book of Job named Elihu, who actually knows the answer to whether or not God is fair. And Elihu says in Job chapter 34, he says, far be it from God that he should do wickedness. And neither will the Almighty pervert justice. He says that God will not lay upon man more than what is right. And at the end of Elihu's speech in chapter 37, he says, Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment and in plenty of justice. So Elihu's answer to whether or not God is fair is that God is way better than fair. He is excellent in judgment Mm. beyond our human ability to understand Thank you, Micah. That's so beautifully said. Is there unrighteousness with God? Paul says, may it never be. God forbid. And so now, Paul, as he deals with God's righteousness, and God's righteousness is being called into question, it's because he shows mercy as well. Mm -hmm. Because if God were righteous and showed no mercy, and we all got what we deserve, which we've already said, which would be, judgment in hell Mm -hmm. nobody would question god's righteousness yeah if everybody just got what we deserve help then we say oh god is righteous and he's holy Mm. so we all just gonna get judgment Mm. but because god shows mercy Mm -hmm. (laughs) then his righteousness is actually called into question Mm. so that's kind of a paradox isn't it Mm -hmm. that god's righteousness is called into question because he's merciful right Mm. and that's why he says for he saith to moses i will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Mm. Somebody might say, well, that doesn't sound fair. God's just going to show mercy to some and compassion to some, but not to others. So the question here, Suresh, is, is God unrighteous in showing mercy to whomever he chooses? Well, Pastor. So God is also merciful in his nature. Mm Mm-hmm. And shows his mercy to those 
who who do not deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I said before, you could go on your knees and yeah. call upon the Lord, and you will be saved. So you do you do not deserve mercy, but God still grant that favor to you. Mercy. God is also love is in action, and we see and we see that He is also written within Ephesians chapter two and verse four. I mean, I cut the verse in half, but. That verse is saying about God's richness. Yeah. He is rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. And show his mercy to so many. When when we when we we don't deserve it, we don't even show it. But he he also explains it in Psalm hundred and three and verse eleven. I mean, was it Pastor, quick question, was it diff was the height between heaven and earth? We don't know. So the scripture says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so his grace and his mercy towards them that fear him. Mm-hmm. It also says it in Romans nine in Romans nine fifteen. Paul actually quotes from the Old Testament also mm-hmm. in Exodus thirty three and verse nineteen, which is right after Israel's worship the golden calf, which was right after God's God miraculously opened up the Red Sea and delivered them from the death of the hands from Pharaoh's enemy. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh was an evil man. We, see, we, we we could see that in Exodus. God had also been merciful to all of Israel, delivering them from the death of at the Red Sea, yet went in right into idolatry. Right mm-hmm. after God showed them mercy and they was escaping from death physically, they went right into idolatry. We could also see that in, in, the, in the next chapter, which is Exodus 34. Verses 6 and 7, God proclaims his goodness to Moses. So whilst, you see the difference here, Moses was a man, a humble man. Moses was a prophet. Here we see um, Pharaoh was an evil man, but he shows he still showed mercy to Moses, and and God and Moses um, um, deserved it. Pharaoh didn't, and he still, you know, yeah. had in his heart. But the thing is, God is merciful to all mm-hmm. who call upon him. God proclaimed his goodness to Moses and revealed that he is merciful. And listen to his pastor, he is gracious, he is long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. And he, and he keeps mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. God's mercy is great. Mm-hmm. All yeah. You know what? And too, brother, when it says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So on whom will he have mercy? I like what it says in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus went through all the cities and villages. It says he was moved with compassion Compassion, to Not just on some, but to the multitudes, Mm -hmm. to every individual among the multitudes. I love in Luke chapter 6, where it says, when... People came to him vexed with unclean spirits. It says they were healed. The whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him. And it says he healed Mm. them all. Mm -hmm. So his mercy, he will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. On whom will he have mercy? To the multitudes, Mm. to whosoever, to all, who any who will call upon his name. He would have had mercy to to Pharaoh if Pharaoh would have called. But Pharaoh had a hard heart, and we'll get to him. Mm -hmm. Micah? Yeah, uh, I just, it, it is interesting though when you read the verse and you read it just, you know, as a standalone verse to our modern ears, it almost sounds like God is saying that he arbitrarily picks and chooses yeah. 
who he will and will not show mercy to. But that's not the point. You know, as you just said, Pastor, you're talking about Jesus. He he went about the villages and he would heal everybody that came to him. And some of those people ended up rejecting him. It wasn't like all those people became his hard and fast followers. Some of those people rejected him. So he showed mercy even to the people that rejected him. So we can't look at this verse out of context. God's point is that mercy is a free gift. It isn't something that can be earned. And the people of Israel who were worshiping that golden calf in the passage that Suresh just mentioned, they didn't deserve mercy, and none of us today deserve mercy. Yeah. Suresh, did you want to add to that? Yes, let me add to, um, to mercy. Mercy... Um, I, I, you know, I kind of looked it up. It's an essential part of his glory. Mm. Imagine that, his glory. Uh, the Bible says from glory to glory. It is an essential part of his glory in choosing the beneficiaries of his mercy. So this is how he shows his mercy. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, who knows? He knows who he will be, who will be saved, who he will save, and, we, and not only that, Pastor, who will remain with him for all eternity. What a great God. Yeah. What a mighty God. He, he is a mighty God. Yes. And dear friends, we're going to go to a song here about our great God, our great God of righteousness, our great God of mercy. And as we go to the song, if you need his mercy tonight, Maybe you need his mercy of healing. Maybe you need his mercy of provision. Maybe a financial blessing. Maybe a family member or friend is going through a tough time. You just want somebody to pray with you about about a burden that you have on your heart or maybe a burden that you bear as well. Give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. We serve a loving Savior, dear friends. And we're talking about His mercy. He will have mercy on whom He will have mercy. But do you know who that is? Whoever comes to Him. I love what Jesus said. Whoever comes to me, Mm. I will not cast out. He will show you mercy if you come to Him. So come. Let us pray with you. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. And we're going to go to this beautiful song, Our Great God of Highest Heaven. Call us now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Whatever you're going through, God is good.
Call us this evening at 929-333-3739. Love to hear from you. Love to pray with you tonight. And we want to invite you to our church. We're going to have a great Sunday this coming yeah. week on December 17th. We'll have mm-hmm. our choir singing some special music. And we'll, we'll have a beautiful fellowship after the service and a great, serm, a great message from God's Word, as well as beautiful Christmas singing. Really, December 17th is really our Christmas service, if you will, although mm-hmm. you'll be preaching on Christmas looking Eve. looking forward to 24th. that on Christmas Eve, Micah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were going to say something. Yeah. Uh, well, first, firstly, I would say that some radio listeners actually visited us in church this Sunday, and it's always just such a blessing, so that was really nice to see them. Um, I was just going to say, as we're reading through this and we're talking about Moses and we're talking about Esau and Jacob, and, and last week we had focused really on Abraham and Isaac and Ishmael and Sarah, you know, there are pastors out there today who would say that we need to unhitch from the Old Testament, that we really need to focus on the New Testament and really like stop paying so much attention to the Old Testament. But I would just say, how can you read the New Testament without understanding and knowing the Old Testament? I mean, the two fit together hand in glove and you really need both because if you didn't have the Old Testament and you're reading through Romans 9, what would you even do with this passage? Yeah, you couldn't understand it because he's talking about Abraham. He's talking about Isaac. He's talking about Jacob. He's talking about Sarah. And then look at verse 13, as it is written. Mm. And then verse 15, for he saith to Moses. That's Old Testament. And then verse 17, it says, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh. Yeah, And the scripture there is God himself was speaking to Pharaoh, mm. but but Paul uses the word scripture, say it. Yeah. So, and scripture, that's Old Testament scripture. Yeah. And so Old Testament scripture is scripture. We cannot unhitch ourselves from the, Old Testament. the scripture, yeah. because mm-hmm. when scripture speaks, it's scripture speaks with the authority of God himself. Yeah. The scripture is God speaking to us. So we thank God for the Old Testament Amen. as well as yep. the New Testament. So, Jamie, we get into verse 16 here for a moment, a beautiful verse. And what does it show about those who do receive God's mercy? Well, God loves us so much. And we receive his mercy, not because we were first seeking him, but God was well willing to show his mercy and seek us first. And God showed mercy to Israel, not because they were deserving of it, but because God willed to show them mercy and compassion. And we're not saved because we sought after God, but he, he sought after us and sent his son Jesus Christ. And God did not choose us because we first chose to believe in him. He chose us because we would never have chosen him without mm. his working in our hearts. That's right. 
That's right. And the good news is that God shows his mercy for many, and his salvation appears to everyone. And he's not willing that any perish. God always takes initiative in everyone's salvation. Yeah, and this verse does say, and I, sh- I should have read it really, Jamie, before asking the question to you. It says, so then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. So it's like man of himself, a part of God's working through his word and by his spirit, man would not seek after God. Mm-hmm. There's none that seeketh after God. I know when I was a lost college student at, at, at Clemson University, mm-hmm. I was only saved because somebody started witnessing to me yeah. from that human standpoint. And mm-hmm. that was God seeking for me through an obedient person. Yeah. That's why we always challenge people to be a witness for the Lord, mm-hmm. because God is seeking after souls and he uses us as his shoe leather to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, when I was reading this verse, the closest parallel that comes to mind is a parent with a child. We had a beautiful baby dedication today in church. We also had a baby shower after the service. And when you think about a parent and child, um, you know, the parent is comparative to the role of God in that child's life when they're very young. Of course, they don't know God. They don't understand God. And the parent brings the baby into the world. They love that baby. They care for the baby. They show the baby all kinds of mercy and grace. And none of that has anything to do with the efforts of that baby. Um, you know, the child isn't willing or working or seeking after love and mercy. It's just receiving and the parent gives it freely. And it just reminds me of yeah. what the Levites, how they described God in Nehemiah 9.17. They said, thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Yeah. So this whole matter of God showing mercy, and is God unrighteous in showing mercy to whom he will? So here's a story, I think, that kind of puts it in a perspective. Mm. So imagine a man, he owns a leather company, and he has his windows continually broken by a group of a 100 vandals or so. Mm-hmm. They're always throwing rocks at his windows. Every day, they're scrolling graffiti on his building. They're cursing the man as he walks out the door to his car to go home. But in spite of all that, the owner of this leather company puts a large sign up in the building, and it says, free coat for anyone. Just ring the bell and ask for it. The vandals, the thieves, see the sign, and they don't take it seriously, most of them. Yeah. Some were too proud to ask for a coat, mm-hmm. so they never so they never rang the bell. Others had a bad attitude to the owner, and they were bitter, and they felt they did not want anything from this owner, so, so they never rang the bell mm-hmm. and asked for a coat. So since no one asked for a coat, the owner said, I'm going to take 10 of these coats and go outside and give 10 of these coats to 10 of these thieves. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is the owner unfair to only give out 10 coats to those vandals? <laughs> yeah. Okay? So that kind of puts it in perspective. Yeah. You would have to say, after everything these vandals did, yeah. that owner was very merciful yeah. in offering even Any, one coat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So this is God's mercy. None of us deserve his mercy, but his mercy is available to all the world if we would just call upon the Lord and ask him. So we have a call tonight from our dear brother Leon. So thanks for calling, Leon. And you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversations. Hi, uh, good evening, listeners, uh, Pastor Rick and, and uh, brothers and sisters. There, I I just wanted to just you know tell 
uh, listeners here that um, a born again Christian, working with God, uh, face many trials. But I just wanted to just say how righteous God is because even when we feel Him, He gives us an inward to come back to Him. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm dealing with a few things in my life that really seem to be the meat of the matter here, going to trial without dodging God. And that's the most a significant part of knowing how righteous God is because we may fail Him in many ways, but we, when we go back to Him, He never rejects us. You know, He promises that He will never leave us and forsake us. You know, and um, within the last few weeks, I've actually seen how much God loved me because mm. sometimes the joy of your salvation seems to be joined away, but you can see how righteous God is in making you have a smile on your face, making you see how good he is by, by bringing you back. Like, if you look at the, life, um, the story of the prodigal son. Mm. Now, just to break it down in simple terminology, why I made the call, I have an uncle that passed away. Mm. And within the year, I have three families who passed away. And why would God do that to a Christian who's walking with God? Uh, yes, I have trials, but I think this is a real tough one to swallow. Why mm. would God have in, in a year, had three members of my family passed away, and I'm still standing within the midst of all that God had promised to face the trial. But I want to just break it down simply. I know we talk about righteousness. I think God's righteousness is, is, is really upright and just because even when we fail Him, He still keeps His promises. Amen. Thank, Brother Leon, thank, uh, thank you so much for calling and sharing tonight, even your trials and your burden regarding the passing of your dear family member. And we do pray for the Lord's comfort in your life, brother. And that's what Paul was saying back up in Romans chapter 8, that nothing we go through can separate us from the love of God. But thank you for calling and sharing tonight, brother. Our time is short, so we're going to have to let you go at this point, Leon. Thank you so much for calling. God bless you. Thank you. Our phone lines are open, dear friends, and I believe Leon speaks for a lot of people there, Mm -hmm. people going through trials and wondering, is God merciful to me when family members die or when things are not going as I had expected them to go? If we could pray for you about any matter, call us now at 929-333-3739. So now, Micah, we need to get into this matter of now God hardening whom he will. Mm -hmm. As it says in verse 18, It says, therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will, he hardeneth. And then Mm -hmm. Paul says, so will you find, will will you then say to me, why doth he yet find fault? So if God hardens somebody Mm -hmm. who he wants, how could he find fault with them if he hardened them? That's Paul's (laughs) question really there. So is God fair Mm -hmm. in hardening, and especially in this instance, he's talking about how God, God hardened Pharaoh. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, well, verse 17, it says, For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. And then it goes on to talk about the mercy and the hardening. And it's a really good question because, you know, as you read through the story of Exodus, you come to verses like Exodus 7-3 where the Lord says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the lands of Egypt. And then again, you know, a couple chapters later in 9 verse 12, it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. So the reader naturally asks, is this fair? You know, there's a sense of justice that's aroused because on the surface, it seems like on the one hand, 
God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. But then on the other hand, he's punishing Pharaoh and all of Egypt for his hard-hearted actions. But when we read through the entire text, we realize that Pharaoh's heart was already hard long before God hardened it. He'd been oppressing and abusing the Hebrew slaves for years. And when Moses and Aaron first asked for the release of the slaves, even just for three days to go into the wilderness to pray, Pharaoh says, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice yeah. to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So additionally, you know, we read other verses like Exodus 8.32, which says, and Pharaoh hardened his, hardened his heart at this time also. So God was only really calcifying what had already almost become a heart of stone in Pharaoh. And Paul says in Romans nine, you know, he says that the hardness of Pharaoh, it glorified God because God miraculously delivered his people and his name would then be declared throughout all the earth. Yeah, there's a lot to say about this, but first I would say this is almost like Romans chapter one where Romans chapter 1 is talking about those who were vain in their imaginations, fool, their foolish heart was dark, and they professed themselves to be wise, and they were fools, mm-hmm. and they changed the glory of God into image of corruptible man. And so God gave them exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so God gave them over more to that reprobate mind, which right. they had already embraced. Yeah. And so that's the same thing really going on with Pharaoh, mm-hmm. is God would have shown mercy upon Pharaoh, and God would have shown, as it says here in this passage, God would have shown his power through Pharaoh mm-hmm. if, if in, in a loving, in a wonderful way, yeah. if Pharaoh showed faith in the Lord. Yeah. But because Pharaoh showed hardness and says, who is the Lord? Mm-hmm. And as you said, Pharaoh hardened himself long before God began to harden him. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh first hardened his heart. And we don't have the time to go through all those scriptures, but yeah. that's the clear uh, timeline of the hardening of Pharaoh mm-hmm. throughout the plagues that God brought upon Egypt is it says even for this same purpose I've raised thee up to show my power in mm-hmm. you yeah. so the question is really for all of us how will God show his power in us mm-hmm. will it be through us having a soft heart to God mm-hmm. and receiving his mercy mm-hmm. he'll show his power mm-hmm. or will it be us hardening our, our heart to God and yeah. yet he will still show his power mm-hmm. either way mm-hmm. God can show his power and I choose to obey him and have a heart of faith. And yeah. I would much rather have God show his power through me <laughs> in that way, right? Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a daily decision. You know, even for us believers, you know, we can be hard-hearted toward God. And we, and we have to choose every day to soften those hearts. And I would just say, if there's anybody out there listening who feels hard-hearted toward God, you know, yeah. it's literally as simple as sitting there and saying a prayer and saying, God, I'm sorry, soften my heart. And I, I'm telling you, he, he will do it. Because he's done it to me in times past. Yeah. So when we read this scripture to Michael, it says, Whom he will he hardeneth. So somebody just takes that verse, says, Well, that doesn't sound fair, you know. Yeah. God's just going to harden. But it's not as if if somebody's sitting there with a, a soft heart mm-hmm. and about to call on the Lord mm-hmm. to be saved. And God says, Oh, no, I don't want that person to be no. saved. They were not one of my elect. So mm-hmm. I'm going to quick harden their heart before they call upon me. Yeah. No, God, that's not <laughs> the, what he's talking about here. Right. It says, Whom he will, he hardeneth. Who, well, who does he will to harden? Those who have already Rejected hardened him. their heart yeah. with stubbornness and rebellion mm-hmm. and unbelief. So, mm-hmm. dear friends, don't be there. Yeah. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. Open up your heart to the Lord and let the Lord show his power through you as you trust in him and lean on his love and grace. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so now we get into verse number 19. And Suresh, we're going to come on back to you as we talk about God molding vessels. So in this passage of Scripture, he, he goes into God being the, the potter. And we are the clay, right? Yep. As he says, but nay, but who, but oh man, who are you? Who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, why hast thou made me thus? Have not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? So let's just first talk a bit about, as Paul is quoting here specifically, from the prophet Isaiah 45, and there's other prophets, of course, who use the same analogy, right, of God having power over us like power, like a potter over the clay. So what is Paul's basic reason for using this analogy of God being the potter, us being the clay? Well, well, Pastor, in the beginning, God fashioned us in his own image and likeness. And he breathed the breath of life mm. into our nostrils, and the scripture says man became a living soul. So right there we see God is certainly the potter. He's the master potter. Mm. So Paul just used an illustration spoken of the pro- spoken by the prophets. Mm-hmm. And what 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 was he speaking about? Do we have the right to talk back to God mm-hmm. or question his integrity? Yeah. Of righteousness? No, we can't. We can't. Like I just said, he put the breath of life and man become a living soul. So God made choices while we made choices also. Um, while we made bad choices, he is righteous, wise, loving, and cannot made a mis- make any mistake in any of his choices he choose to make. So uh, while man is a free agent, God is the one to really decide, like we, like you just said about Pharaoh, Pharaoh had in his own heart, yes, in ex, in, in in Exodus eight um eight and uh, verse thirteen. But 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 God God is the righteous judge and He's the Creator overall. So there there are um, a number of of mistakes we could make, but He can make none. And there are other passages speaks speaks about God's righteousness and. Um, while humanly, while humanly speaking, there is no way we can fully recon, uh, reconcile God's sovereignty. Again, that word came up, his sovereignty with man's responsibility. We must simply trust God and recognize he, own, he is only. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is, God is righteous and he's the potter and who are we to ever question mm-hmm. the master potter. My yeah. I, oh, I was just going to point out just two quick verses in Job. Job says in chapter 10, verse 9, Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay. And later, Elihu says, Behold, I am according to thy wish in God's stead. I am formed out of the clay. So Paul is making this reference to a very ancient understanding of God as the creator. And it's just funny to think of the creation. I think of it in a high-pitched voice saying, why did you make me this way? Almost like Pinocchio with Geppetto. <laughs> and it's it just, it's so ridiculous that we would ask God that. That's yeah. Paul's point. Yeah. I, I like where it says, too, in Jeremiah chapter 18, that the potter was making clay, and the clay, it says, was marred mm. in his hand. Okay. And so then the potter then made 
it again another vessel. Mm. And so to me that speaks about how God may have a plan for a person's life, but because of sinful choices that person makes, that clay becomes marred, and the original plan cannot be fulfilled. But God is still gracious, and if a person will then come back to the Lord, he can make another vessel. Maybe it's not going, maybe that vessel or that person isn't going to fulfill the original intentions, but can still fulfill godly goals and purposes in their life. So Mm -hmm. we must never give up on the fact that our Master Potter can always remake something of us for Mm -hmm. his glory. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And um, so as we go into Romans now, time is running short here, Micah. But in (laughs) verse 22, another amazing statement that if God was willing to even show his wrath and power, and it says he endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to to destruction. So now here is the verse, one of the key verses that people use that God actually created people like Pharaoh to just condemn them and damn them to hell. Mm. So what do we say about this? Well, I think somebody who maybe described themselves as a five-point Calvinist would read it that way, that God really did, (laughs) did, did create Pharaoh to be like this. But, you know, I think God created Pharaoh to be a vessel where Pharaoh was able to have free will, make his own choices, and God was able to see into the future. And even though God knows that certain people will reject him, he still is long-suffering and patient, as we've been saying. In Second Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So I think that one of the reasons that God is so patient, even with those he knows will reject him, is that so, so humanity sees God's goodness, his mercy, and they see that he gives everyone a chance. Yeah, he does, dear friends. And really, this verse where it says, he endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. The question really is, is who fit who for destruction? Mm. Did God fit a per- Pharaoh to destruction, or did Pharaoh fit himself to destruction? Yeah, and of latter. course, I believe the latter. It yeah. was Pharaoh who fit himself to destruction. So now, Jamie, we come into verse 23, where it says that God makes known the riches of his glory to us. So, whereas man fits himself for destruction, God fits, makes a, 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 if you will, a vessel for his own glory. So talk to us about how God makes known the riches of his glory according to Romans 9, 23. Okay, well, Paul was telling his audience that those vessels of people who reject God yeah. will be like those who incur God's wrath and they were turned over to God to their own passions and desires resulting in being prepared for destruction. But Paul makes it clear that God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience, waiting for these vessels to change. Mm -hmm. But when they did not, like Pharaoh with a hardened hardened heart, oh. Yeah, and brother, I'm going to have to cut you (laughs) off because we're going to get cut off in just a minute here. So thank you for being with us tonight, Jamie. Next time you're going to continue that thought. Keep (laughs) Hold hold on to that (laughs) thought. Hold that thought. Suresh, thank you for being here. 
God yes, bless sir. you all tonight, dear friends. And again, we'd love to see you at Heritage Baptist Church. And we have a, a loving church, and we would love to see you visit us this Sunday Thank at 10 a.m. in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations what? radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.